Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. One of the things I really love about our church is the fact that nobody that stands on our stage is declaring to you that we've got it all together. And that we stand in a place where we're perfect and we've just got it all together. The truth is that none of us have, but we're forgiven. We're all broken in some way on a journey to wholeness. But it's because of the cross and the difference that the cross has made in our lives that we can stand and to declare to you, you know, we've walked through some things. Pastor John, I high five you. I can think of so many times where I've had to go and say sorry to my kids. Isn't that right, kids? They're not nodding too much. It's a great thing. <laughs> but you know, the power of an apology is absolutely massive. If you take one thing away from today, is understand that what that principle was that Pastor John shared. If you carry that through your lifetime, it'll help you to live light and to be all that you're created to be for God in your lifetime. When you understand that your past doesn't have the right to dictate your future, as long as you live your life under the power of the cross... It transforms the way that you do life. I love that we're a multicultural church. Many different cultures that are represented here today. I love the fact that we live in a city that is very, very multicultural. But when I ask you the question about culture and multiculture, but especially your culture, I wonder what it is that you think about. Maybe you remember the things that you're ashamed about of your culture. You may think about the differences in in your culture to others. It's interesting that the dictionary defines culture as this. It it means the ideas, customs, and social beliefs or behavior of a particular person or people in society. It means traditions, customs, way of life, ethos, or sophistication. You know, every country, kingdom, or family has its culture. In church life, There have been many perceptions about God's kingdom culture and what his kingdom is like in the culture that's a part of his kingdom. Unfortunately, our perception of right kingdom culture is shaped by where we've been positioned or grown up in life. The culture that you've grown up in, without a shadow of a doubt, influences who you are today. But there are parts of your culture that are maybe not necessarily the good things. They don't have to continue to shape the culture that's a part of your life. So you might say, well, what type of culture does the kingdom of heaven have? Does God's kingdom have a culture? Absolutely it does. Here at Life Source, one of the cultures that we have is this, is that anybody is welcome, that you belong, that we're so delighted that you're here. We're all on a journey together. Some of us are maybe further down the track than others. But everybody belongs here. Everybody has a right to hear about the fact that there is a God that loves them, that cares about them, and He's on their side. Everybody has a right to hear about the fact that God, when He created you, He didn't make a mistake and put you in a culture and say, hard luck. He created you by design. And when He looks at you, He says, you're an irrepeatable miracle and the world needed to and needs to see you. He didn't know about the Walsh family. You might say, well, yes, he did. He knew that they would go and do what they've done to enable his gospel to be spread. 
God loves you and He's on your side. You may be here today and you say, well, Adrian, I'm not used to this kind of culture. I don't normally find myself in a place like a church. But for whatever reason you're here today, I want to tell you that God loves you and He cares about you. He orchestrated that you'll be here today. And His culture of His kingdom is one of this. It's a culture of love, acceptance, and forgiveness that accepts you just as you are. You don't have to do anything to be receiving His love or His acceptance or forgiveness. You just have to come as you are. There's nothing about your life. There's nothing about my life that scares God. There's nothing about my life, your life. When God looks at you, He goes, oh my goodness, I can't look at it. Why? Because His Son already paid the price. And when He looks at you, when He looks at your life, He sees you through the blood of Jesus. And He can't see the imperfection. He sees what He's created. An irrepeatable miracle. Yes, it's true that sin separates us from God. And that's literally, it means living without God and having an understanding of the fact that God loves you. When you were created, you were created spirit, soul, and body. We know that our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. And our body, it's the thing we live in. Some of us have got finer bodies than others. But you know, your spirit, when God created it, was designed to be filled with one thing, and that's a relationship with God. We try to jam it with all of these different things, and we think we try different cultures, and we try to adapt them into our life. But it's never going to ever satisfy the hunger and the desire that's in our lives for the reason of our existence. And does God exist? He exists. And he has you on his mind. He cares about you. But I want to tell you this, the culture of God's kingdom is not a limiting culture. Being a Christian doesn't mean to say that we have to dress a certain way, um, wear our hair a certain way, wear amazing clothes like this, everybody the same. He didn't ask us to be people of uniformity. He asked us to be people of union who would have a common goal and a common desire, and that's to champion the cause of Christ wherever we went. So when I think about God's culture and His kingdom, it's a culture that's ever freeing, it's ever limiting. Galatians 5.13 says says this, it says, For you, brethren, brothers and sisters, fellow members at Life Source, and all that can hear the sound of this message, having been called to liberty, Only do not use the liberty that you have as an opportunity for the flesh, but through through love serve one another. For all of the law is fulfilled in this one word. In this, you shall love your brother or your sister as yourself. I believe true freedom is being able to love God in a society and express who we are wherever we go. You know, everything about you says something about you. When you walk into Macca's and they, they make your burger and it's got that thing in it. Or am I the only one? When you walk into the local cafe and they make your double ristretto and it's cold. Everything about you, our responses, the way that we engage people with our eyes, you've got to understand that the presence and the glory of God explodes out of your life when you walk into a room and the atmosphere changes. You know, when you walk in the room, people shouldn't go, oh my gosh, it's him. Or, oh my gosh, it's her. They should go, oh, wow, whenever he or she walks in the room, I feel so at ease. There's something amazing about that person. It's the presence of God. God's kingdom has a culture that is ever freeing, where we love God freely, where we love others, and then we, when we live in unity. I don't believe you can have true, true unity without being able to love yourself and love others. 
See, God's kingdom is a place of freedom. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is nothing better than knowing that you're forgiven. True, Pastor John? There's nothing more freeing than when you know that you are off the hook of something that maybe you did and you've been forgiven. There's nothing more freeing than knowing that you haven't been blamed for something when you think you have. But when you understand where that freedom comes from, that's a part of God's kingdom, it comes from who God is. And that it was one at the cross, it changes your perspective. God's kingdom as a culture of ever-increasing multiplication, enlargement, but not containment. God's heart is that His kingdom would explode all over Sydney and the surrounding areas as we continue to dream about planting 50 churches here in Sydney. Who knows what the future holds? But when I think about God's kingdom, it's not limiting. I've heard people say, well, to be a Christian, it's so restrictive. You've got to do this, do that, and do the other thing. And the Bible is full of rules and regulations. It's actually not. It's a love letter written by a beautiful, loving father that gives us the ability to negotiate from where we are right now through the rest of our days and fulfill out all that God's created you and I to be. He gives us the guidelines, the principles, and if we live within them, we're guaranteed of having a life of success, freedom, liberty, joy, expansion, and multiplication. Not necessarily children, though. Ever-increasing multiplication. Isaiah 54 says this, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide and don't hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you're spread out to the left and to the right. I'm so aware that there are people here today, and you live, I guess you could say, in a culture of disappointment. I made a statement, I said, it doesn't necessarily include more children. There are people here today and your desire is for children. There are people here today and for whatever reason, you haven't been able to have children yet. I want to declare to you, it's not what the, what the test result said. It's what God declared. And He says that it's, it's Him who gives life. It's Him who opens and closes the womb. It's not man. It's a supernatural explosion of life that takes place and it's created by God. When I say the words family culture, I wonder what it is that you think about or the culture of your family. Without a doubt, as adults, we reflect and we reproduce either by design or default the culture that we've grown up in or we've been a part of. For me growing up, it was a bit like this. Mum and dad, they came from a culture of men didn't make do. They'd grown up through the Second World War and the truth was that they mended things that sometimes shouldn't have been mended, but they got mended. Socks and other items included. It was a men didn't make do mentality. It was an environment where we sat around the dinner table and we didn't talk. We watched the television. It was an environment where we didn't really talk openly about our feelings or sexuality or sex. The normal things of life. But I can tell you this. It was an environment where I saw modelled love, acceptance and forgiveness. I saw modeled the importance of God and a church community, and I saw modeled a lifestyle of faith. What I've grown to realize is this is that what a culture is, a culture will grow. I said that to somebody recently when they were sharing some of the struggles that they were encountering. I said, You've got to understand the culture that you are a part of 
is determining how you're growing. What a culture is, a culture grows. I do want to say this, that not all of the elements from the cultures that we grew up in are necessarily good or worth being reproduced. I'm aware that some here today, when we talk about family culture, when we talk about what it was like for you growing up, maybe it's a place of pain and shame. Maybe for you, it's I don't want to go there. I've forgotten it. I've left it behind me. I'm ashamed. On the other hand, there are people here today and you say, the culture that I grew up in, I loved it. The church that we're a part of, we love it. It's incredible. I took the time to ask my children what the culture of our family was like. You know what they said? Thanks so much, Mandy. I want to tell you this. They said, you're amazing. You're perfect. I know it's hard to believe you. It's just like, wow. No, they didn't say that. They said this. They said, when I asked the question, they said, our culture and our home is one. It's loving. It's welcoming. It's non-judgmental. It's fun. It's opinionated at times and extremely strong at times. It's godly. It's united. It's deliberate at times, which appears to be controlling or restrictive at times. And sometimes it can be a little bit toxic. But they went on to say, but there are elements that have changed. Elements that have caused us to become finger-tight where we were once hand-tight. There are elements that have continued to change and that will possibly continue to change. But I want to tell you this, that as as a father, as a dad, as a husband, there are times when we've had to fight for the type of culture that we wanted. This has caused seasons of friction, tension, individual discipline, seasons of pain and change. We have the culture that we have in our families by design. We either allow the cultures to exist or we create the cultures that we inhabit. Some of the cultures in our lives, families, are are the result of the foundations that we've built upon, the building blocks, the foundations. There is a reason that we like what we are, who we are. Who we are didn't just happen. We are by design and nature a byproduct of the environment that we're growing or have grown up in. There have been many times, and I'd hate to say how many times, that Rachel's come alongside me and said, hey, Adrian, that's not good. Adrian, that's part of the culture that you grew up in, but I don't want it as a part of the culture in our family. And like you said, Pastor John, sometimes those things are hard to take, and it's hard not to want to respond. Any friends out there? Justification is an interesting thing. Really, it's just a lie wrapped up in a skin. And the times where Rachel would say, look, it's like this. You've got to understand it's like that. But I couldn't see it. But once I could see it, I wanted to change it because I didn't like what it was. You know, but it required not just me trying to make a way. The, you know, the, the old sufficient one. It created in me the need to humble myself and go and get some help. I had to get in my car and go and to talk to people. And I had to get people to pray with me, pray for me, to help me to be able to let go of that thing. Some of the things that I mentioned, you know, I said that Rach talked to me about, they were uncomfortable. 
You talk about squirming in your seat. I relate. High five. The Bible says faithful of the wounds of a friend. A friend loves at all times. A friend will be honest at all times. And sometimes what they say might cut like a knife, but faithful are the wounds of a person that loves you, that cares for you, like your spouse, that loves you not with a selfish ambition, but loves you with a desire to help you to become better. Going from a place of brokenness to wholeness. Establishing great culture. I had to come to the decision, and I still have to at times, to make the conscious decision to throw off some of the traditions, the cultures that I grew up in. That were really countercultural to what I believe God's Word declares. Hebrews 12, 1 says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith. How about you this morning when you think about your life and your family? How's the culture that surrounds your life right now? Is it a godly culture? Maybe you find yourself at a place where you haven't thrown things off, but you've actually hung on to them and it's gone on too long. And now you live in a place of regret because of what you hung on to. Maybe you find yourself at a place where you're not living free or an expansive future because you know what? You can't incorporate God's kingdom in sin together because it separates you from all the potential that you house within your being. You were not created to just shine dimly God's presence and let it explode in some places. You were born, as Nelson McDowell said, to make manifest the glory of God, which is in every one of you. So that when you walk into a room, we don't hear stories of just a little dim light. We hear stories of a light on a hill shining for all to see. Romans 12, 2 says, it says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how do you establish or shape right culture in our families? The word establish, it means this. It means to set up on a firm or permanent basis. To start or at the beginning or get going. To put in place, to initiate, create, inaugurate. It means to build, to construct, to install or to plant. If we're going to build the kind of culture that's a godly culture, that reflects God's kingdom, we want to build by wise design. Understanding, as it says in Ephesians 2, build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Great culture starts by understanding that the cornerstone, the set-out point where it all starts and where it all began from, is Christ, and unashamedly Christ. That you believe in the full gospel, you believe that it is truth in every occasion, in every situation, for all that's going on in your world. And you don't change like shifting shadows and and maybe look at some of the other ideas and idealisms of man and replace it with that. You hold firm to God's kingdom presented in truth through His Word. So you start by building by wise design. Psalm 89 verse 14 says this, it says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. We need to be like the wise man, as it talks about in Matthew 7, that build his house upon the rock. So when the winds of circumstances, when the challenges of family, 
when life happened and beat against the house that didn't move. It was immovable. I'm standing on all the promises that you've made because of yes and there I'm in. The second thing is this, we need to use the right kind of language. Consistency of language, not saying something and then saying something else. Matthew 5.37, it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The language that we use can either build or it can blow apart. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruits. Or Proverbs 12.18, the words of the reckless. Those words that are said, or that actually thinking before we open our mouths at times. The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. But the tongue of the wide wise brings healing. Let's use words like, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Give me. You are amazing. You can do it. You're incredible. I will. It'll work out. Let's trust God together. Let's go on the journey. You're not alone. You can do it. You're more than a champion. You're incredible. You're amazing. It's going to be okay. Let's choose to use words and lead out of a place the next thing of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. If there's one thing, if there's one life, if there's one passage of Scripture that we can take as a hallmark for establishing an incredible foundation of culture and our families that reflects God's kingdom, it's this at 1 Corinthians 13. It reads like this, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You know, when we, when we say something, but our actions are contrary to what we say. We're like that. We become a clanging sound. But when love is patient and when love is kind, as we're going to read, if you have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if you have faith that can move mountains, but don't have love, he says, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. The love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Is because love never fails. What about you today? When you stand back and look at it all and go, wow, that's a little bit to take on. What a morning we've had like a smorgasbord. What about you today? It would be the greatest tragedy if we walked away from today and thought that was a great chat. I don't believe that you can come face to face or within the sound of God's word and not be provocative to your life. I want to ask you about the culture that surrounds your life and maybe musicians and singers. Could you come and join me as we bring things to a close? I want to ask you about the culture that surrounds your life. Are you happy with the culture that you've established that exists? Looking at your family, are you happy with how things tick? You may say, Adrian, it's easy for you to stand up there and tell me what your kids said. Wearing your white shirt and your fancy white shoes. Friend, you've got to understand. 
I've got to choose like you every day, the culture that I establish. And I've got to choose like you every day who I'll serve. I've got to choose who I'm going to, or if I have to forgive. I'm going to have to choose every day if I have to say I'm sorry. And I can tell you that I've lost count. There was one day when we first arrived in Australia, things were a little bit challenging. We'd just been to church and the kids wanted a Slurpee. I went to 7-Eleven and they didn't have the small cups, being a generous person looking for the small cups. And I went in and thought, I'll just use the big cup. It's okay, but I only fill it halfway. And I went to the counter, I went to pass it. There's no small cups, I've only filled it halfway. He goes, it's $2. I said, no, it's one, half full. Got a bit awkward, one of the kids left. It got a bit unpleasant. And I can't say that what I modelled was a good thing. I was just happy not many people knew me. It didn't change the fact that when I walked out the door and I hopped into the car after I'd paid the price, I actually didn't actually buy them. I just said, I'll leave it then. I was wrong. But I can tell you, it didn't take too far to jump in the car and drive down the road before I just sensed God saying, that was so not cool. And it was like sirens going off. In my spirit, we God was saying, that wasn't cool and you didn't reflect me. What you need to do is go and put it right. And I remember dropping the, the family off and, and jumping in the car and going back to where I had bought or not bought my slippies. And I walked in and I said to the guy, you know what? I don't know you from a bar of soap, but what I did was really wrong. And you didn't deserve that. I don't know what your morning was like, but you certainly didn't deserve that. I'm really sorry. He went on to say, that's okay. It's all good. I thought, man, you're gracious. He said, it's okay. It's all good. From that point onwards, we actually became good friends. No free slurpees, though. <laughs> but I, I had to understand that I was allowing something that wasn't God's kingdom culture to become part of my culture. And I want to ask you today, the culture that surrounds your life, the things that maybe you've once known incredible moments with God where He was everything to you. But it's almost like the culture of this world swallowed up the desire for the culture of who He is. We've all been there. We find ourselves there at times. Or maybe you're saying, Adrian, you know what? I've never actually ever heard anything about the culture of God before, but you've talked to me about the fact that God loves me. Yes, friend, He does. And in a minute, I want to give us all chance to respond. Maybe you've never initiated a relationship with God. Maybe you've never ever prayed the prayer. Maybe this is your very first time to a church. We're so delighted that you're here. If you're saying, Adrian, I want to initiate, I'd like to, I'd like to know more. I don't want to initiate a relationship with God. In a minute, all I'm going to ask you to do is to simply raise your hands. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge you. And then we're going to pray a prayer together. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you out of your seat. We're going to pray together and something's going to change. Christian, you're here and you know in your heart of hearts, marry the two together. God's culture, loving God, being in right relationship with Him and the culture that you exist with right now, which causes you pain, guilt, grief, regret, and maybe not the kind of culture you really, really want. 
and it just has happened. I understand. But today's a great day to put it right and say, God, I need some help with the culture that surrounds my life. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.